0: Welcome to The Sandbox. Welcome to The Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. We've got a big week here at The Sandbox. This coming Sunday, May 1st, we'll be welcoming Shane Claiborne to our Sandbox Cooperative live event. Shane is a hugely popular speaker and activist and will share with us about social justice, peacemaking, and Jesus. He said, and I think this is a pretty important quote, most good things have been said far too many times and just need to be lived. Shane will be teaching us ways that individuals and communities can begin taking the teaching of Jesus seriously and actually living it out.
1: So if you haven't participated in a live event before, here's what you need to know. If you are in our area, we'll be gathering at Studio 324 in downtown Rochester, Minnesota. Doors open at 6.30 and the event begins at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We don't want you to miss this. So know that it is first come, first serve, and we are expecting a bigger than
0: normal crowd. Seating is limited. If you can't make it through the doors, or you just prefer to watch in your pajamas, though, you can join us online. Just head to sandboxcooperative.com, a few minutes before 7, and you'll be able to watch from there. After Shane's presentation, the audience, both in-house and online, will have the opportunity for a Q&A with Shane, where we can dig in a bit deeper to his topic.
1: We are really excited for this event, and we can't wait to have you join us.
0: Changing gears a little bit, uh, recently we we were lucky enough to catch up again with our friend, musician and artist Heather Lynn. She talked with us a little bit about creativity, community, and discovering your soul song. It was an awesome conversation.
1: So welcome to episode 20, Soul Song with Heather Lynn.
2: believe in your belonging here. I believe in our enduring, messy love. We've got nothing to fear. We're I believe in your belonging here. I believe in our real and messy love. We've got nothing to fear. free forgive with unreserved grace hold a hand shed your tears believe in your belonging here hold a hand shed your tears believe in your belonging
1: Thank you so much, Heatherlyn.
2: You're
3: welcome. Thank you. And
1: welcome back to the sandbox. It's so good to have you here again. So
3: happy you're not sick of me yet.
1: No, no, no. You got to try a lot harder than that. (laughs) I mean,
3: oh, it's great to be back.
1: You'd have to be like Chris for that. No. Oh. (laughs) Hey now. Oh yes, I did. Hey now. Yes, I did. (laughs) Hey, we've been having. uh, We had a conversation just last night, and then earlier today about. the song of the people and it's uh, it sounds like it's a bit of a stone in your shoe and that you keep Mm. needing to address and 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 you're thinking about it and it's uh Mm. something stirring in you and could you say a little bit more about
3: that it might be a little bit more like the sock that's falling off deep down (laughs) in the shoe okay Um, (laughs) no i'm just just kidding uh metaphors that's actually great for this topic anyway because you know, there's all sorts of metaphors we use in song and all metaphors break down. But yeah. anyway, yes. You know, people come to me and ask, may I use this song in worship or could our community use this song of yours? And and I'm always like, absolutely, feel free. If you, if my song helps your community sing your soul song, then absolutely use it. What persists within me, though, is the... the Realization that so often in our lives, not just in church culture, but in our whole lives, often artistry and music is outsourced or we leave it up to perceived experts or mm-hmm. the famous people or the professionals or, or whatever. And there's nothing, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, I, it's kind of how
1: we do everything though, right? I mean, we outsource our education mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. schools. We outsource mm-hmm. uh you know, if you need a lawyer, you, you get a lawyer. If you need uh, mm. medical advice, sure. uh, and so we've done that with religion, we've outsourced it to the yeah. pastors. We, with music, sure, we outsource yeah. it to the musicians. So, mm-hmm. but you, you're saying this is somehow different?
3: Uh well, so when you go to church and the pastor preaches his his message, the pastor's Mm -hmm. crafted that message himself. A lot of times, um, there are definitely some worship leaders who are writing songs, and I'm really grateful for all of them who are doing that, thinking very thoughtfully about maybe some lyric changes or that's more fitting for the communities um, where they're at and their conversation around theology and what they believe about God and life together. but uh, a lot of the songs that we're singing, um, some of them we've inherited, which is a beautiful thing. And there's, I think, still conversation to be had around that. Like, is this still the song? Or has our song evolved? Is this still our story? Or is the way that we're talking about it now different? Or if we're still going to sing that old verse, why was it written then and what does it mean for us now? You know, I, th- I just really value and think those conversations are really important. And... And I really believe that, and perhaps this is because I was one of them, like I, I grew up singing in church and I um, led worship and, uh, but I think a lot of times I was, and this no one was being mean or anything, but I was just put into a position of being uh, more a musician covering someone else's songs than being valued as an artist who could create songs mm-hmm. for the people. And then and then actually I was in a space where I would do that. Like I've I've written some songs that have been specifically like I worked in a Lutheran church for a while. So I wrote a song specifically about baptism from a Lutheran theological perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of challenge. I can do that really Mm -hmm. well. Like Mm -hmm. I love a particular topic. I mean, also, it can drive me absolutely crazy because it is a huge (laughs) challenge and sometimes can take a lot of work uh, and trying a lot of different things. But um, but that's a really great way to be creative, to have some sort of parameter. And at the same time, I needed to actually get out of that space for a while to find my true artistic voice. And there was a long period of time I didn't want to write anything particular for anybody. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to express honestly. and. And that's something that I think is an important part of this conversation, even, in, even if we're talking about church and worship music. Because if the truth sets us free, how much truth is in honesty when we're really connecting to our story? So back to, you know, when people... I was talking with a pastor friend of mine about a year ago and he's like, you know, I can like, he had led worship for 10 years and he's like, I can write songs, but they're just not really that great. And I'm asking you, you know, please write songs for me. And you know, but you're like telling me, well, I'm an artist and I'm not writing church music and whatever. And, and I just, I kept, I carried that conversation with me for a while. And, and, and out of that conversation was was this question that emerged for me is, what is the song of the people? So there's certainly a song that I might write that might resonate with you, and, and you can totally sing my song, and it can become your song, and that's a gorgeous, beautiful thing that, that happens. But each community I believe also has a particular shared experience and a particular journey so what's the what's the story there and what's the song that percolates up from that particular time and space that you're sharing together so what are you grieving what are you celebrating what are you wondering about what are you doubting what are you asking what are you working out what are you um hoping for you know um and I and I think those songs can come from the people. And I also think that there's a there's a prophetic voice within among us um, that we don't have to we don't have to go through like CCM or CCli mm-hmm. to find that that voice. Mm-hmm. You know those those other resources that can be great resources absolutely, but. Um, but I just think that's not all there is. I think there's a lot more. I think there's so much more, like a, a rich wealth of artistry and prophetic voice in our communities. And I'd love to to see more space created for those voices to emerge.
1: It almost sounds like uh, if you were to help be a, kind of a catalyst for that to happen, mm. that you would be doing a detective story, uh, kind of a you Ooh. know <laughs>
2: trying to investigate <laughs> yes. what's
1: that story yeah. and, and help bring it to the surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Hmm. So I just had a chance recently to try this out and experiment a little bit with the community of the pastor I was talking with about a year ago. We were with them in San Diego and we took a day to focus on uh, songwriting uh, f- with this idea of what is your Story, What's your spiritual journey? And what's your soul song? And I set it up with sending them kind of... I sent them a letter before the day so that they could kind of think about it and reflect on it if they wanted to. And then when we got together, I just shared a little bit of my story, how I had been... uh, You know, it was very encouraged and did get to grow a lot as a singer in church. And then there came a space where... You know, whether whether it was a felt thing, whether it was a real thing or just something that I felt there was a space and a time where I just felt really not entirely validated and valued as an artist, more as a musician covering other people's songs. So um, I think that they kind of got that. And it happened to also be, I I think all of them in that circle were progressive evangelicals and had all had some previous experience where music wasn't used in a helpful way. So we actually all ended up, their stories and their insights were so rich of their previous experience and why it was important to them even now to make music um, in their community. And I think it ended up being so healing as we had these conversations um for example a lot a lot of us who have been in those spaces have experienced music used to manipulate an experience mm. or used to manipulate or tell you how you should feel about something or tell you how or of course like tell you how you should think about something and I really believe that music especially when we gather together for a, you know a spiritual gathering or for worship however you want to talk about it I think it can have a very A priestly function and a prophetic function and that priestly function instead of it being like to manipulate you and tell you this is how you should think and feel a a healing priestly function of music is how it can and music just does this whether it's worship or whether it's a house concert it can reach below the surface and draw up what's already there and bring it to our attention and Mm. then hopefully provide a sacred Space for the practice of presence to that, and hopefully, as a compassionate witness, hopefully, with that expansive love and grace that we can know in God and in Christ. And so that would be the what I would consider like the priestly function of music. And then there's the prophetic that speaks truth to power or calls out something in culture and society. And maybe it's not always just calling it out. Maybe not. it's not always a negative thing. It could be celebrating it too, like something that's new and moving and... Bright. <laughs> uh, so we we had a conversation about those things as well. And, and they shared about what's important for them because this isn't just a spiritual journey. It's also a very embodied journey. And so there there's all sorts of things that we can write about. And that was part of the conversation, too. Uh, somewhere along this last year, I was in some conversation with some folks about the Apostle Paul said we live and move and have our being in God or we live and we move and exist in God Mm. and someone was insightful enough to ask me this question a question that I wish I were smart enough to think of myself (laughs) but I'm glad that they asked it Mm. asked it of me we often sing to God and about God in church we sing to God or about God but what would it mean or what does it look like to sing in God and I thought about it for a moment. That's all I had because it was a live interview experience. (laughs) (laughs) And. I said, well, I believe that it means you can sing about all the things that matter to you. <laughs> okay. um, and I think even the the songbook that is in the Bible itself, this, the psalmist demonstrates that singing about, you know, there's beautiful imagery of God's creation. There's uh, celebration and joy and ecstasy. There's also agony and pain and conflict of spirit and inner tur- turmoil and existential crisis and mm-hmm. uh doubt and longing and uh we need more songs like that in church i think <laughs> i really think we do and i don't know if i said this previously but i think that any song that is honest uh can lead us into truth and truth sets us free and that's another healing thing you know right right um
1: yeah, you know something you said. Uh, just as far as we sing about God, we sing to God, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But that seems like it comes out of a modern construct where mm-hmm. we can objectively stand outside of it. And if you could see me right now, I'm hold like I'm holding something in my head. Like you're holding the thing, and you're that's God, and mm-hmm. I'm here, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about and to and whatever yeah but the but what you're talking about is helping people explore the mystery that mm. is that the, it's the air that it's 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 the water we're swimming in that's the it's yes. just it's this all-pervasive presence that we're yes. that we're in and helping people um mm-hmm. explore th- uh, their story within that mystery
3: mm-hmm. um yeah. and if god is love and we're singing in love mm-hmm. then it's all of those things it's joy it's expectation it's also great risk of being vulnerable and hurt and, yeah. you know um and
1: but there is great risk in in, in mm-hmm. singing your song uh, mm-hmm. you know and in discovering your voice mm-hmm. and and that takes takes so much time i i have this memory of being in sixth grade of all time frames and sitting in middle school, and the teacher would make us all one at a time get up and sing a solo.
2: Whoa! That's that, because that's
1: because that's helpful for a sixth grade boy. That um, <laughs> sounds like or a really girl. good way to yeah mm-hmm. boost yourself image. No, it was, it was great because I was you know completely confident uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my twelve year old self. Uh, no, and you, you know it's. Yeah, it's completely—you're completely vulnerable, and you're risking mm-hmm. your voice and something that's so mm-hmm. personal. But um, mm-hmm. but it's something that needs to be heard, mm-hmm. and and helping people uh, dare to take that risk mm-hmm. and explore um,
0: mm-hmm. is is a wonderful gift that you can bring to a community. Mm. And I think I, so. I think a lot of that probably has to do with the way that we see ourselves or don't see ourselves as creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably one of the bigger misconceptions that we have in our culture. Yeah, is that. Um, Right, you not you might not be a painter, you may not be a musician, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're not creative. Yeah, and um, I agree with that. And I think that kind of helping bring that awareness Mm -hmm. of ourselves as creative people. Yeah, I mean, you could be writing, or you could you could be processing, you know, someone's taxes. You could be an accountant. You could be like any of those things. It doesn't matter. But Mm -hmm. I still think there's creativity in that, and Mm -hmm. it particularly maybe whatever. You know, job or vocation you're called to, there's creativity in that, but there's also the other aspects of your life. You know, we're not single, you know, we're, we're not limited to those particular mm-hmm. identities either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are other aspects, even if that particular thing we don't see as creative, there are still other parts of us that are. And I think, kind of like you're saying, like draw that out,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we see something very different mm-hmm. about ourselves and about the world that we're in.
3: And if we are created in the image of creator then certainly we are (laughs) creative (laughs) in some capacity
1: and that brings us back to this idea that we talked about a couple episodes ago about being co-creators and and we're co-creators with god and we're um Mm -hmm. and that's how we get to uh whether it's make podcasts or or songs or um or poems or whatever it is that we're or, yeah. or somebody's taxes? As huh.
2: April, I mean, that sounds April, awful April to 15. me. But. No, 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 no. There's a
1: reason why I'm not doing, you know, my taxes, let alone anyone else's yeah. <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah,
2: I think
3: the other the other piece to this that's really important is that as we continue to dialogue as our not only our story unfolds but our theology evolves and we have as we invite more conversation partners into our theology and the way that we think about life together we think about life in god um we need new songs because a lot of times in our shared experiences of of message so, if you're gathered for church, right, mm-hmm. the pastor could be doing some really great work, or whoever the preacher is, could be doing some some really great work around um, messaging the expanse of love and grace of God. Um, maybe, for example, if you're setting aside atonement theology for a different interpretation of the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you're continuing to sing songs that reinforce a different story, um, that music is such a um, deeply reaching, shaping, persistent voice within us that that often the songs can override whatever uh, other sort of messaging is happening. And so I think more and more people are talking about and there's this awareness of like we need new songs Mm -hmm. or at least we need to go back and rewrite some verses Mm -hmm. Or and that's that's actually something that is I I don't think we think about this very often but I know for me there's songs I've written a decade ago and I still sing them and the more that they live in different spaces and the more various stories intersect them the more layers of meaning they take on for me and so what is it to write a song in your community that expresses your community's soul song and then maybe as it journeys along you change some lines because Mm -hmm. the the story's evolved Mm -hmm. or maybe you keep it one way because because that's a part of your story as well. I just think those are important things to think about and consider and I have no right answer or judgment around it. I just think it's important to talk about it.
1: Our songs change and evolve just like we change and evolve and if we're not evolving um I don't know we're dead we're dead I I I, (laughs) you know it's it's uh to to be stagnant in our uh, spiritual journey and and that happens Mm. but um you know I can think of uh, things that I've written and talks that I've given from years ago and we were talking about that before (laughs) I, I would never know I, I I want to apologize to the people who had to hear me say something, <laughs> you know. But that's where I was, and maybe that's where my community was. But we've come to mm. a different place today.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Well, yeah. and I mean, within the you know, just like the to the church music to kind of like nail down this this conversation into that that particular yeah. lane. Um, right. Like, there's a lot of history of us doing that. I mm-hmm. mean, I so I was just at a at a friend's ordination not that long ago, um, and different different faith tradition than than, than me, um, but as I looked through the hymns we were singing, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I've never seen those words, (laughs) you know? Um, we've, we've already done that with stuff. We've already kind Mm -hmm. of taken them and said, well, this group of us, we see it this way and Mm -hmm. this group of us, we see it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems like for some reason that's like, okay, when it's on a larger scale and like a number of churches together saying, yeah, we're going to do this. But, Mm. um, but there's something about, like, I don't know, there's something then where when we, mm. we really localize it, it becomes harder to do. And mm. I'm not sure mm. I'm not sure why that is, other than maybe mm. um, this lack of sense of, of all of us being creative on some level. Yeah,
2: I
3: think that's um, really And our story right.
0: being valued mm-hmm. and being important.
3: I agree. I'm glad you used the word localized, because we were talking earlier about there is a movement in culture and I think even in some some of our church communities to get more local with our food or get more local with I don't know, other things that we need in our lives and so why not get more local with our songs and our song making and singing. Well it's and-
0: it's really interesting as we've <laughs> as we've had uh, kind of our, our connections they're easier to make and, uh-huh. and our our world is smaller in some yeah. ways. Um I just think about the impact that that's had on the Christian music world. And so now there are, you know, 12 Christian radio stations where you can listen to this music. And so even if you're, that's, I think one of the challenges Mm -hmm. is that is is it in developing the identity of maybe your community is that you've got someone who, even if you're, Singing the songs together in in a certain way and 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 that matches the message that's being presented. You still have this. Then, like, I hop in the car after church and I go home and I'm listening to something that's totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe how many times a week am I in the car listening to that? Mm -hmm. And so,
3: only you answer that question. You almost
0: (laughs) well, I'm not very often for me. I'm shocked right now. Uh, Mostly never, but um, Um. but yeah. So what is that? like how much clearer do we then have to be about, you know, who are we and what are we trying to do and what Mm. is, what does our community look like? I think that that Mm. almost demands more clarity than on our part, Um, Mm. which is hard when you're trying to say uh, and, and mean and want to be, be honest about the fact that you value people who are part of your community, but in a different space than you. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think one of the Mm -hmm. biggest challenges in the church and and elsewhere of Mm -hmm. having kind of very local uh, important Mm -hmm. core communities Mm -hmm. but then also being attached to this like massive diverse Mm -hmm. world that we have at our fingertips
3: Mm -hmm. yeah you don't get one without the other it's good to be attentive to all of Mm -hmm. it yeah aware of all of it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I just think about uh, you know if you are listening or a consumer of kind of I don't know Christian culture stuff that's out there whether it's the radio stations that apparently Chris listens to all the
3: time—never, <laughs> just to clarify
1: <laughs> <laughs> Or the stuff that you find. No judgment. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the Christian radio uh, world there, or what you find at a Christian bookstore, or what you find uh, just in in news mm. and in other media uh, about what the Christian experience is—it's mm-hmm. actually giving a very fragmented very small understanding of what it is mm-hmm. and it's and it's and it's saying like that's what it means to be a jesus person mm-hmm. for everybody mm-hmm. it's it's pigeonholing the christian experience into one lane mm-hmm. and christianity is <clears throat> i often will say is it has this giant bandwidth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're locating us on this one mm-hmm. narrow Spot that it doesn't fit me, right? Mm -hmm. But the community that I'm part of does fit me, and we do have a story to tell, and we do Mm -hmm. acknowledge doubt, and we are Mm -hmm. broken and just and we are beautiful, and and Mm -hmm. and all of that there's all the stuff that goes together that makes the community that we're a part of unique needs to be told that we're not getting in any other kind of Mm -hmm. Christian media,
0: right? Mm -hmm. So we're not necessarily seeing it reflected, but we're also. Mm the more of that that we see around us, the more we feel like we need to fit inside of that, mm. which makes it really challenging then to tell people, no, your experience, your mm. perspective is valuable because that, in order for them to say, yes, I think this is valuable and I'm going to share it with the community. Um, in some ways that just because regardless of what their particular piece of the story is, because it's different from the, the more common and, and maybe louder narrative um, it makes it challenging to share that, and it doesn't some people I would think I would think don't feel like they have that ability because it maybe feels like, well, I'm not sure if that's like hmm. in the box enough. Even mm-hmm. though for for their particular community, it would totally make sense and it would be one of the most helpful things that they could offer.
3: Hmm.
0: It's a pretty big challenge, I think.
3: Mm, that's really interesting because I I was like, get out, get me out of the box, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think even when I started writing songs. I just wanted to write songs that were honest and and they come from my journey and my life and my thoughts and my feelings. So some imagery that's been really helpful for me as I think about the priestly and prophetic roles of music is um, some analogy that our friend Pete Rollins gives where he says church can be like A dance club or it can be like an Irish pub. So say for example you've broken up with someone, you're feeling really lousy, miserable and you decide to go to a dance club you might have a drink and you're listening to pop music and it feels really good and you know, whatever. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But you ma- but probably nothing's nothing really has happened besides you just like feel a little bit better for a couple of hours. And then like the some next...
1: anesthetic of some sort. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and you don't feel any different and you still feel just as alone. And or you can go to an Irish pub. Maybe you have a drink or two with a friend and you talk about what's going on. And there's a singer songwriter in the corner and they're singing their breakup songs <laughs> 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 and you get to be present to your emotions around that. and you kind maybe feel a little bit less alone and so the next day it might it's not going to be all better overnight but mm. there's at least this sense of um being human and being present to your journey and not being alone in it
1: diving into your pain rather than trying mm. to numb it
3: yeah. yeah so and i think that church music can be like either of those things sometimes mm-hmm. we can just I've had experiences where I know people are coming just to kind of get their fix, and the music makes them feel really good. Mm -hmm. And not saying that's bad, but I think that more can happen than that. Mm -hmm. I think there's more to offer and more to share in there. Cool.
2: the hurting, all the shame, all the longing, every ache, releasing now, laying it down, all the failure, all the strife, all the worry, every fight, heal us now, we don't know how. Offering it up to the one who is love. Offering it up to the one we trust. Offering it up. Oh. Offering it up. All the hurry, all the rush, all the busy, every must. Pressing in. Stressing out. All the This is all regrets, all the pushes, every fret Can't let go, take it now Offering it up to the one who is love Offering it up to the one we trust Offering it up, oh, offering it up Journey with all its uncertainty and with all its hope to redeem this story. All the wonder, all the clouds, all the mystery, every doubt. Asking now, loving how, offering it up to the one who is loved. Offering it up to the one we trust. Offering it up, oh offering it up. 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 Offering it
1: up. Offering it up. It's always good to reconnect with Heather Lynn. As we were talking, she referenced the Song Book of Scripture. It's a book called the Psalms. Now, the Psalms are like lyric sheets for songs that talk about the whole spectrum of human experience, joy, pain, grief, victory, all the things that we know and, and have felt in life, all the stuff that makes us human. At any rate, one of these ancient verses says, sing to the Lord a new song. I hear Heather Lynn saying that every person and every community has a song. Everyone has a verse. We all have something unique that makes us tick. Now pile a bunch of people into a room with all of their individual uniqueness and quirkiness, make a community out of them, and you have something there that in the history of the universe has never existed. It's a very particular, localized, never before attempted, never to be replicated, collective of people. And to that grouping of people, the scripture writer says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Anything that group says and sings and does together is new because they have never existed before in that particular configuration. And if they don't share, we all lose. We all miss out. We all need to hear your voice and and the voice of your community. Heather Lynn is working with communities, helping them to discover their unique voice, their unique message and song. Now, their song may have a priestly tone, and that's connecting with God. It may have a prophetic tone, naming injustice and inequality. But whatever it is, it is one of a kind and it takes place within community. It takes place within God's presence, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Discovering our community's soul song, it reminds me of the classic poem by Walt Whitman, where he writes, the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play goes on and you May contribute a verse. How might you and your community add a verse? How might you and your community sing a new song?
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. If you're interested in catching up with Heather Lynn, make sure to go to our website, heatherlynnmusic.com, or check her out on Facebook or Twitter. If you're in the Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins area over the next few months, Heather Lynn and Jason will be there. Make sure to check out one of their shows and see what they're up to. Again, don't forget
1: that this Sunday, May 1st at 7 p.m. Central Time, Shane Claiborne will be joining us for the Sandbox Cooperative live event. And we can't wait for you to join us either in
0: person or online at sandboxcooperative.com. We're working hard to build a community through Sandbox Cooperative, and it's always better when you're a part of it. We love hearing from you, so let's stay in touch and continue the conversation beyond this podcast. Sign up for our email updates, connect with us through Facebook and Twitter, and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes.
1: Until next time, thanks for listening.
0: Bye. See ya. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox.